Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome back in on a Wednesday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you guys are with me and a couple of things for you. One, there was midweek baseball last night. And although the lineup looked a little bit different, I don't think there's much to read into that considering the same thing happened last week and the weekend was largely the same that it always has been. So anyway, we had midweek baseball last night. I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Some Lane Kiffin audio for you post-practice leading into the spring game. It's kind of funny. He gets asked about... uh, Throwing out the first pitch at the LSU game on Saturday, I believe, is when he's throwing out the first pitch there. And, um, you know, the party aspect of it. And he also gets asked some football questions as well. Really not a whole lot more he could say at this point, but it is, it's fun. So uh, if you want to stick around and hear that at the end, uh, I would encourage you to do so. It's always good to hear from the head coach, even though he's being asked about kind of the same things over and over. He was also asked about vaccines, and he was like, I don't know, ask the medical people. I, I don't know. <laughs> he was very like, please ask me about football or first pitches. Don't ask me about anything other than that, please. Um, so anyway, I'll play that for you at the end. But first, I want to start with this, actually. Um So obviously the response to Ole Miss losing to Mississippi State again this weekend was kind of hot. And like I said on Sunday after the series, I'm sure you probably listened to that. Um, Everything can be true at once from this is still a good baseball team. They're not far off. All of their goals are still in front of them. And also losing to Mississippi State 16 of the last 19 and five series in a row is absolutely a red flag and a concern. Both of those things can can be true. But you had some contention. Fans that were mad, frustrated, uh, at losing the third series in a row to the three best teams they have seen so far in SEC play. Uh, so we got to talking about that on the radio some. And basically what I'm going to say to you today is having expectations, being disappointed at losing, Somehow, for some reason, some people are being vilified for being angry about the current results of the baseball team. I'm not going going to get into the fire him, should you fire him conversation today. It's premature. The season's not even over. I, I just I don't think that's a conversation worth having right now. But we were talking about this on Monday on the show, and I simply just brought up the fact that You have played – your three best teams you've seen so far in conference play have beaten you, and it's all been razor-thin margins. But the question that I asked was, why is it that Florida makes the plays when it matters to beat you? Why is it that Arkansas has the right hit at the right time or something like that when it matters to beat you? Why is it that Mississippi State pulled the right strings in their bullpen and you did not? Why was Mississippi State able to have that clutch hit late on Sunday and you were not? Just asking those questions. These are the three best teams you've seen in SEC play, and you've gone three and six against them. You're very close. The team is very, very good. But others have made the plays that you have not in your most difficult games in conference play. 
Why is that? And then it immediately turned into the response to my questions was, well, what are you going to do? Fire him? Well, who are you going to hire after you fire him? It was one of those things. And I hate that kind of deflection because it it distracts from the point in what's going on right now. It, it, it can be true that Ole Miss baseball currently would not be what it is without Mike Bianco. I mean, everybody knows that. Nobody is arguing against that. But it's been over two decades now. I don't think it's unfair for fans to expect more. Just because the program was in shambles 22 years ago doesn't mean you shouldn't have elevated expectations as things grow. That's the thing about when you're building a program. As you're building, the expectations are you to continue to build. And and when you stop growing, people are going to grow frustrated. Um, What I'm saying to you today is it's okay to have increased expectations. I don't like when fans that see the investment in baseball, that see the one trip to the College World Series in over 20 years, that see the six Super Regional appearances that have resulted in one win in those Super Regionals, And on top of all of that, your in-state rival that does not have more talent than you, has had more postseason success than you, and owns you lately. People that question that and wonder if things are right anymore get vilified by some, and it happened on our show on Monday. I I don't like that. I I don't like the talking down to you fans for expecting more from your program. In fact, that's what's going to make your programs great. Football, basketball, and baseball. I wish you guys had some of you guys had the same mentality for basketball. Expect better, expect more. Ole Miss, there's a lot of problems, of course, with Ole Miss basketball, geographically and otherwise. By the way, breaking news, um, we knew this was coming, but uh, Breakfield, uh, the Duke transfer, has officially committed to Ole Miss. It's a big pickup, it's a really big pickup. They still need outside offensive help. I don't understand um, the, the transfer from Georgia. Maybe the, he'll prove me wrong there. They need outside shooting. They don't have it. But adding Breakfield is a big, big, big pickup. You don't get guys that talented very often, or you haven't in the history of the program. He went to Duke for a reason. Mike Krzyzewski wanted him for a reason. I would encourage you to not look at minutes and wonder, why he couldn't crack the rotation on a bad Duke team. Like I I had somebody ask me that. Why would Ole Miss want a guy that um, couldn't crack the rotation on a Duke team that wasn't very good? I don't care. It's still Duke. You don't get players that Duke wants ever. Uh, So raw talent is there. It's a big pickup. But anyway, um, fans have expectations. You can can understand that the program has – been much worse than it is today, and also expect more out of the program when you consider you are as invested as anybody else in the country. The fans care more. The school invests more. Everybody's paid at a high level. They're getting talent, and they're coming up short. Now, this season's not over. I'm not writing their obituary just yet. I, I told you guys Sunday, and I'll say it again today. I think this is a team that can win a regional, that can win a super regional, and make it to Omaha. They are capable of doing that. Absolutely, they still can do it. I still think that they are as good as we think that they are. But 
I was kind of disappointed and have been disappointed the last couple of days when the conversation turned into, well, well then fire him then. Who are you going to hire? Instead of... I don't know how to put this other than not vilifying people for having expectations. Because I promise you, the person that gets defended in all this isn't satisfied with losing three series in a row. I promise you Mike Bianco knows that they've got to do better in clutch situations, uh, that he's got to pull the strings in the bullpen better. I promise you. So so why defend somebody that, that wouldn't even defend themselves? I mean, we, we're on the... the we had him on the radio show Monday, and, and he was disappointed. And I don't understand it. Why you can sit back and watch how much Ole Miss invests in baseball, watch other programs have success that Ole Miss isn't having, and just say, well, over 20 years ago, the program stunk, so you should just be happy with what you have. I don't buy that. I think that's crap. It's okay to have expectations. Now, Again, we're in the middle of the season. I mean, Ole Miss has a series that starts tomorrow with LSU, one that I think they're going to win. Um, and like I said, I think that this is a team that absolutely can win everything in front of them. Absolutely they can. They can win a regional. They can win a super. They can go to Omaha. They are that talented. They are good enough. What I'm saying is don't shy away from expectations. Don't shy away from being disappointed. Don't use what happened 20 years ago as a barometer for what should be expected today. It's okay to have expectations. It's okay to be disappointed, to lose, and mad to lose to Mississippi State again. There's nothing wrong with that. Fans with expectations breed great programs. Do you think Alabama football fans would accept one playoff trip in two decades? No shot. So you don't expect it either. Not going to get into the fire him, don't fire him conversation. Honestly, I think it's silly to even have that conversation right now. It would be nonsense for me to talk about that with you today. But I certainly see where the the fans that are angry, that are mad, that are wondering if this is going to be another year like that. I see where you're coming from. Makes sense to me. The outcomes have not totally matched the investment. Denying that, I think is disingenuous. It's okay to have expectations. In fact, you should have more of them in football, basketball, and baseball. Because if you don't expect your programs to be good, then then you're just wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Ole Miss is going to release a facilities project soon that, uh, as I understand it, baseball is going to be a part of. Don't waste your money. If you're just going to accept what you got and not expect more, don't waste your money. I mean, why did you just build a new player's lounge in a sport that doesn't really make any money if you're not going to expect more? Nothing wrong with it. No, you should not fire anybody. It's ridiculous. But yes, you should expect better than 3-16 and 16 against Mississippi State. You should expect better than one trip to the promised land in over two decades. 
because other people are getting it and you're not. But don't make any sweeping judgments about this team either until the season's over because I think they're good enough and they're right there. They are absolutely right there. So I don't know if that made sense or not. I just, I know that um, things were a little hot on Monday and I'm not going to vilify people for being mad because I would be if I were in you, especially if I was somebody that in, invested real money and time. Um, that wouldn't be satisfied. You shouldn't be satisfied. But anyway, I still think they're there. I still think they are right there. They got back on track with a win over Little Rock last night. But that doesn't really matter. I mean, I know there was some tinkering with the lineup. That happened in the midweek last week as well. It's very possible that that was just to get some other guys some looks, like Kemp Alderman. Uh, Redshirt came off, uh, apparently, last night and uh, had one hit and four at-bats. Um, not much to take away. I mean, Derek Diamond showed you that he's got really good stuff. I mean, really, really, really good stuff. Um, maybe he'll work himself back into that role a little bit better. But I thought you had a nice night from uh, from your starter, even though he pitched one and a third. Um, I don't know. It's midweek baseball. I, I mean, I, I could sit here and, and break down a midweek baseball game for you. Uh, what's more important is that they won. Also, John Rice Plumley needs to be in the lineup every day. I, I mean, I, I said this last week. I think all of you agree with this by now. Plumley needs to be in the lineup every day. Um, one, he's hot at the plate. His OPS is great. Um, and he's a plus defender. And you've potentially lost two games because you didn't have a plus defender in center field. I know you can basically attribute a loss in Gainesville to having an inexperienced center fielder. He's a plus defender. He's hitting well. He's getting on base. I think John Rice Palmy needs to be an everyday guy. I, I think that regardless of what side of the plate the guy is hitting from, uh, John Rice Palmy needs to be an everyday guy. But other than that, not a whole lot to, to take away from the from the midweek. The important thing is this weekend with LSU, a real opportunity. They're playing a little bit better lately, and they certainly are talented, but a real opportunity for Ole Miss to get back on track. You've had three tough weekends in a row. The schedule gets much easier, and it starts with a series that I know people are going to be jazzed up for because it's LSU at home. It's a team they're better than um, – an opportunity to get back on track this weekend. It's a, it's, I think it's a really important series, more important than even the one last weekend. And I'm excited to see it. I think that, um, like I said before, I think that this team is, is right there. Um, you just, you hope the last three weekends haven't really, um, haven't shot their confidence. I doubt it. I mean, I even think I saw Tim Elko say on Twitter, uh, uh, to, he said something like, stay with us. And I think most of you guys are still right there, even the ones that are fired up and mad. But um, very, very important weekend uh, for Ole Miss coming up this weekend. I think that um, Friday I will do either late Thursday night or Friday morning, I'll do a reaction show to Thursday's game. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But um, but yeah, long story short, long-winded way 
for me to say earlier, um, being mad is good. You should be. Um, Having expectations is good. But also, this team is all is still very good. The season's not over. Let's wait till the end before we start making sweeping judgments. But nothing wrong with expectations or, or having them or, or wanting more from your program or thinking maybe they've even underachieved because they they have underachieved relative to the investment into the program. Um, there has been opportunities and they have come up short in those opportunities. That's a fair criticism. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But we'll see. We will see. A nice break in the schedule starts this weekend with LSU. Uh, Really looking forward to this series. What's hilarious, I've said it before here, I'll say it again. What's hilarious to me is that, especially let's say Ole Miss takes two this weekend, which is my expectation. I'd never really predict sweeps, but I think Ole Miss is better than LSU, and I think they will get right this weekend. Um, Is that through... An FBI scandal in basketball and an NCAA scandal, also a Title IX scandal in football, and Paul Maneri is going to be the first guy to lose his job. Unbelievable. Just, um, But that's that's how it's going to work down there. I mean, if he loses two again this weekend and, the, and they falter down the stretch the way they've started, he's gone. And... Um, He'll be scandal-free, and he'll be the one that's fired first just because he didn't win enough games this year. It's crazy, isn't it? But uh, anyway. All right, we all got, we've also got the spring game this weekend. I will obviously react to what I see on this. I will probably do that Saturday night, so you'll get a post-game Thursday night or Friday morning. You'll get a post-game Saturday, and I will combine that with the spring practice or spring game Um overreaction for sure so be on the lookout for that all right so here's lane kiffin now uh this was yesterday meeting with the media talking uh spring practice with them spring game stuff like that all that uh, upcoming so here he is this will also end the podcast which is brought to you by the way by lb's just across from kroger on university avenue right there in oxford uh, go by and see Greg. Tell him we sent you the weather this week. It's a little chilly today, but should be really nice for some time uh, behind the grill. Tell him we sent you. Maybe get one of their daily lunch specials as well. Those are Monday through Friday. Oh, gosh. I'm looking at the weather now. 80% chance of rain and storms on Saturday. That is a shame. We might see a Sunday seven-inning doubleheader, which would just be just awful. Wait, what am I talking about? They can't. Series starts on Thursday. So you might see a Friday doubleheader. Wow, that would be interesting. We'll keep an eye out on that because they cannot play on Sunday. You have to play all three games in three days because it's stupid. So yeah, forgive me. Um, had a little brain fart there. So they start on Thursday. Sunday's game might be impacted by this uh, one way or another. Did I say Sunday again? Game three, Saturday, will be impacted by this one way or the other. And um, and yeah. (sighs) What an idiot I am, huh? Anyway, all right, here's Lane Kiffin talking spring practice. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stop by LB's. Tell him, uh, tell Greg there that we sent you. And um, I'll talk to you on Friday. 
Hey, Lane, what can you tell us about the format for Saturday's Grove Bowl, how you're going to uh, divide the roster and, you know, how it will play out? Well, we work on that actually um, today and tomorrow, you know, after this practice here, just to make sure injuries and medical report that we have that. But basically, for the most part, the one offense plays on the same team as the two defense and um, versus the other side, and then the rest of the guys are divided between the two teams. They draft the players and draft the coaches and support staff and things like that. Um, so that's that's how it goes. Looks like there's going to be a lot of uh, self-guided prospects in the stands on uh, Saturday as well. What kind of environment are you hoping for uh, as far as fan turnout and things like that? Well, hopefully there will be a lot of people there um, first time We've been um, in the stadium without, um, you know, the COVID restrictions. So it would be good for a lot of people to be there and um, not for the recruits there um, only, but for our own players and for our fans to to enjoy something that they really haven't been, a lot of them haven't been able to. I hear you're throwing out the first pitch Saturday. How's your fastball? Uh, I need to work on that. I have not practiced that. Um, in a lot of years so um, I have done this before and not performed very well so um, I think I need to practice a little bit more or, and warm up I've done this without warming up and it hasn't gone well hey what can you tell us about the development of Cedric Melton and what you've seen of him uh, playing that right guard spot this spring um, done a good job uh, has played tackle and guard and um, you know good young kid in our program and we need to develop um, some of our young linemen um, to add depth so we can play more players. <clears throat> Thanks, Lane. Hey, Lane, in, in light of the injuries and so many people coming and going and whatnot, have, have you been able to uh, accomplish what you wanted to do this spring? I feel like defensively we have um, with a lot of new players um, and, a, you know, new look with those guys and – Offensively, I feel like we we haven't just because of all the injuries, especially to the skilled guys, um, you know, which hindered kind of the next progression step for Matt. But it is what it is. You know, in the fall, COVID nineteen was like a weekly conversation. I know you've had a lot of injuries, but has part of this been uh, COVID nineteen guys moving in and out, or is has that uh, been much less? No, that's been a lot less. Um, we've been fortunate with that. Hopefully that continues. This has been injuries. Hey, Lane, I was wondering if after watching what you've watched with most of spring done, has this changed what maybe some targets or the areas of target that you're planning to look at with what you have left available spots for transfer portal? Um, I think that is a little bit, but I think because it's not like it used to be where you're just looking at grad transfers, you know, which is immediate need. Um, I, I think you got to look at this a little bit different into best players. Sometimes even if it's not a position because guys may have two, three, four years of eligibility, eligibility left. So it's a little more complicated than it used to be. I was wondering if you could uh, give any details on your promising the, the biggest party in a long time. What all's, Can you give any details on what's involved in that party? I don't know all that. Um <clears throat> I think our social media people kind of made it look like I knew that or that it was my idea. So um, I probably better figure out if it's going to be the biggest party. I probably better figure out what to do for it. So 
um, we've got a few days left. Hey, Lane. Uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, John Rice. I know obviously he's not there right now, and you've addressed that you'll talk with him after the spring on potential roles and whatnot. But I'm just curious how many dual sport athletes you've had at the quarterback position in the, in the past. And if there's kind of been like a common denominator with, uh, with those guys. Um, I think there's been a few over the years. Um, Matt Castle um, played baseball at USC. Um, We had another kid that didn't end up being a starter, but played as well. Um, So I've just always been about it if they want to do it. And, um, you know, it keeps them competitive, helps the school out. So, and, you know, I like recruits, obviously, you know, hey, when you come here, we really do it. Like a lot of people say it, we do it. And your other sport is the first when it's that season. How, uh, how detrimental has it kind of been in the past in terms of like, does it, trigger any kind of setbacks for any of these guys like based on your uh, prior experiences because obviously you know missing the spring can't be good yeah I think it was worse before when our offenses were more complicated um, at the quarterback position um, you know without tempo and all the protections and changing and all this that's why you used to you know, say quarterbacks used to rarely ever play as as freshmen because of that and um, if you look around that's changed and um, or at least most people have changed. Some are still still doing that. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> I think it's a lot easier to play, just like Matt Krell had, you know, this record-breaking season without any spring in our offense. I, I just think it's become easier um, <clears throat> to pick it up, less reps. And, and how does kind of John Rice kind of compare to the other guys that you've had in that in the past uh, from an athletic standpoint? And, yeah. Well, he, he's very unique, obviously. I mean, how many guys can go play slot receiver, you know, with a week or two notice in a bowl game and make significant, significant plays? Just tells you the type of athlete he is. You could see him making plays in right field the other night. Um, he's just he, – he's very unique. So, um, you know, look forward to having him back. Lane, in your experience, is there anything you can see in spring games that you don't see – in the other spring practices or are spring games kind of more for the, the fans of the atmosphere than they are for evaluation? I think the only thing, the only difference is just to see if kids get nervous, you know, that it's a little bit more like a game, obviously with some crowd and um, more build up to it, anxiety. So I think that, you know, sometimes you can see that with guys you haven't played, played before to see, you know, how do they, some guys just play better in an atmosphere like that, and some guys struggle. So I, I think that that's the difference. With with so many mid-years this year, do you address that with those guys, or do you kind of just want to see how they go about their stuff? Uh, we, we talk about it. We prepare, like, the game and the lead-up. You know, the day is like a game and pregame and all those things. So, um, you know, just to get them used to it. Uh, Lane, you touched on this a little bit, but uh, Dr. Fauci set the first pitch back by like a decade or two. Do you prepare for this in any way? Um, I, I probably shouldn't know what you're talking about. Well, he, just, he was he was really weak on his first pitch on opening day with the Nationals. Oh, I did not know that. And I'm just wondering, do you prepare for the first pitch? Do you throw it off the mound? Is, is it a matter of pride for a, a former athlete? How do you approach it? I've done it a few times. Um, I think the last time was Nationals, actually, I think. And um, 
down in Florida, and I don't think I did very good. I did one at Tennessee a long time ago, didn't do very well. Um, so I think I need to take it more serious and not just think you can go out. Um, but it's not as hard as basketball. We did a – Bruce Pearl and I did a free throw-like thing a long time ago. That was really bad. So this should be a little easier. Let's talk about the development with DeSanto Rollins. We know he was hurt this past season and MJ Daniels as well. Thank you, Coach. Um, MJ coming in new with all these guys has been great for them. Um, you know, and uh, that's a big step going from high school, obviously. Um, DeSanto has done a really good job, um, you know, especially for someone who hadn't had much experience at all with us. Um, and it's been good to see. Lane, um, when it comes to your players and, and vaccinations, um, how do you handle that w- with them? Is that something you leave entirely up to them? <clears throat> Is that something you, uh, as a program, try to educate them on? Or, um, you know, and, and are there any plans to do anything a- as a team with that? That is a medical staff all the way. Um, I, I don't have a say in that, um, nor am I involved. And so we just do what they say. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.